Hallelujah. Somebody's going to get a breakthrough tonight. I don't know who it's going to be. Hallelujah. You know, Smith Wigglesworth used to say, it seems like God will pass over a million people just to get to one who's believing him. You know, when we fly into cities and we fly into places and we fly over millions and millions and millions of people, sometimes we think, I wonder who God's sending us to. <laughs> I wonder who's believing God. Amen. You remember when Jesus was walking, walking around and he was on his way to Jairus's house and the Bible says a woman came who had an issue of blood because she'd been saying, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And uh, she came in the press behind Mark chapter five tells, tells the event in a great way. She came in that press of people behind and she touched his garment. And suddenly Jesus felt power go out of him. She felt power went into her. And I love it that Jesus said, who touched my clothes? And of course, the disciples said, Jesus, everybody's touching your clothes. But you know, that statement meant something to one person. That statement meant something to one person. Yeah, everybody was touching, but one person said it ahead of time. When I touch him, I'll be whole. When I touch his clothes, she said, I'll be whole. And so Jesus used those very words, who touched my clothes. The Bible says the woman, knowing everything that it was done in her, came and told him all the truth. In other words, she said, I'm the one who said, if I could just touch your clothes, I'd be whole. And you think about it when, when, when things like that happened in the ministry of Jesus, when he didn't know who got healed. If he didn't know who got healed, I'll tell you something. It wasn't his decision who got healed. Amen. If he didn't know who got healed, it wasn't his decision who got healed. If it wasn't his decision, whose decision was it? It was her decision. Amen. She decided that if she could get in close enough to the presence of Jesus, close enough to touch his clothes. If I can just get close enough to touch his clothes, I'll get what he's got. Hallelujah. There's victory in this house tonight. Why? We're in his presence. We're in his presence. We're close enough tonight to touch his clothes. Amen. And um, so we're always listening for what does he want to say and which gift does he want to say it through. And so we're always just yielded to the Holy Spirit, whether it's Kevin ministering or me ministering. And so, you know, we're just always in that waiting on him mode of what do you want to do? What do you want to say? Amen. In the middle of the night last night I was praying and woke up and, and, you know, just usually it, it's that way on Saturday nights, especially, you know, anticipating a Sunday morning service. Uh, a lot of times I'll just get in, in the presence of the Lord and just say, Lord, uh, do you want to talk about tomorrow yet? <laughs> Is there something you want to tell me? Cause I'm listening. It's like when Samuel was just a boy and uh, he was there and where the priest, Eli was the priest, you know, and, and in the middle of the night, he hears a voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs into Eli and he says, here I am. And Eli said, I didn't call you. And Samuel said, okay. So we went back to bed and again, Eli, or Samuel, Samuel. And he runs into Eli. Yes, here I am. And it's happened over and over again. Finally, Eli gets a clue. God's talking to Samuel. 
He's just a young boy at that moment, at that time, you know, dedicated and consecrated to the Lord, but just a young, young man. And uh, so the, 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 the priest said to him, he said, next time you hear that voice, say, here I am. Your servant is listening. <laughs> your servant is listening. Glory to God. Kevin and I have endeavored um, even more so in these last couple of years, really, um, just focusing more and more on just paying closer attention to the voice of the Lord. Just paying attention. Amen. How many of you know, um, in relationships and with people, uh, sometimes, and, and uh, I'll say it this way, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> because this is, you know, your closest relationship. You know, and Paul said, you know, I'm not even really talking about a husband and wife. I'm talking about Christ and the church. So this is the closest thing he's, he's got to comparing Christ and the church as a husband and wife who are one. Amen. That God makes them one. And, uh, but how many of you realize, even though you're one, sometimes, uh, we have found that communicating <laughs> can be a challenge at times. Amen. Now we, we, we've been married. Like I said this morning, we've been married 31 years. And so, uh, we got married when we were 12 and 14. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> But we were young when we got married. And so I had to learn very quickly that um, men often are having a conversation with themselves. <laughs> and I, I discovered this because we would be in the car. And so it's just Kevin and myself in the car. And I would be talking, thinking I was having a conversation. <laughs> Because there's only two of us. I figure if I'm talking, the other one's listening, right? That would be the logical thing. But I discovered that men have conversations a lot of times all by themselves. And I found that I was interrupting. And I had to learn, you know, because because it would be like I finally realized, you know, I, I would at first kind of get a little put off like, hey, if I'm talking, you know, it's probably to you. But I didn't realize that he was deep in thought already and having this conversation with himself. Right. And so I found out that I was interrupting. So after a while, I learned to say, excuse me. <laughs> Even if there was nothing going on, excuse me. Yes. Uh, give me a second. I'm almost done. You know, <laughs> got to wrap up the thought, finish it up. Well, I learned that. I was really thankful. I learned that pretty young, but you all know that we've been in conversation or what we thought was conversation with someone, right? And you weren't really there. Your eyes are kind of glazed over, you know, and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We've all done it, especially to people that we're very familiar with. Amen. And so it is with the Lord, because if Paul is equating a husband and a wife in one way to our relationship with the Lord, then it can be in any number of ways. Amen. And so uh, if it's easy to shut somebody out that that's that is that close to you and to stop paying attention. And you know, as well as I do, a lot of times relationships absolutely go sour simply because one is not paying attention to the other. Amen. So Kevin and I are endeavoring to pay closer attention to the Lord. 
the longer you know him, the more intimate you ought to be with him. And the more you ought to be able to finish his sentences and him finish yours. If he starts something, you ought to be, go, you ought to be able to go, oh, I know where you're going with this, Lord. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know what I'm saying? And so pay, paying attention to him. And so, and, and getting ready and, and in services and meditating on the Lord and, and, and what he wants to do, we're just endeavoring to, to turn our ear closer to him and pay attention to that still small voice, just those little promptings, those little things that often can go unnoticed if we're not paying attention. And really the more, you know, the Lord, the less he needs to shout Amen. You know, the more, the longer, do you know, anyone, the, it's the little look sometimes that says a lot. <laughs> that right. Yeah. You can, you can just look at somebody and you know what they're thinking. You know where they're going. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it ought to be that way with the Lord. We shouldn't have to have uh, the longer we are with him. We shouldn't have to have him shout to get our attention. He should be able to just kind of go. Just a little, a look in one sense, a little, you know, raise the eye. Oh yes, I'm listening. What is it? Amen. Hallelujah. And so what God was endeavoring to do and what he's saying, even tonight, he wants to move. Amen. He wants to move. That's why I said there's breakthrough for somebody here tonight. There's victory for somebody here tonight. Amen. We meditate on and we, and we prepare a, a message, a sermon, if you will, whatever you want to call it. And, and, and we can give a good word. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I trust the gift of God in us to know what to say and when to say it. But then there's times the Lord says, I don't even really want you to teach something again tonight. I don't really want you to get teachy or wordy. I just, just let me move. Amen. We'll always have the word. There is such a foundation of the word here. Amen. And you don't need a traveling minister to come in and razzle dazzle you with another word. Amen. Always. Sometimes he just wants to move and we just need to move with them. Amen. When I said earlier, there's a spirit of victory in the house. It's the same sense I have in my heart. We were in China a few years ago. <clears throat> it was in, when was it? 2008. That first time we went into mainland China. And um, our brother-in-law, Kevin's brother, my brother-in-law, and his family are missionaries in China. And Ray McGrads and, and just doing a tremendous work in China. They were in Hong Kong for several years, and now they're in mainland China. And have, you know, underground church and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, it's just tr tremendous. But uh, anyway, we were ministering with them in a leaders meeting. They had 500 leaders of the underground church. And uh, how many seats are in this building, Pastor? 600. So it would be, imagine, about full. And, um, you know, we had no idea what to expect going into mainland China. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, they've been there 
quite some time, but I, you know, my, ah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, so we, we just didn't really know what to expect. And here we, we, the first night meeting, we're in a room, you know, similar to this size packed full of people, not quiet, not scared. I mean, just as bold as anybody you'd ever know, 500 leaders of churches. And we ministered to them. This, the meetings were to, to go from Monday night through uh, Saturday morning. And um, we got through the first night uh, and uh, first morning service. We had three services a day, you know. And um, so it got to, I think it was just Tuesday. Wasn't it just Tuesday that this happened? Tuesday morning, I was ministering. And um, all of a sudden, we, we get to a point, I see a little commotion over here and then somebody comes over and talks to my brother-in-law over here and he stands up and walks towards me. I said, are we done? He said, yeah, they're on their way. I'm like, that means we're on our way out. And seriously, he said, they're on their way, meaning there were police on their way to the meeting and we had all the Westerners have to leave and get out of the way because if there's Westerners in the meeting, it means it's a church meeting. And they have another whole contingency that they go into. But anyhow, so we had to, I mean, we got out. People are holding the elevator. They're going, come on, come on, come on, come on. We're walk and we're walking out as we see uniforms walking in. And I'm telling you, this is, a, you know, ah, hello, glory to God, faith in action right here, right? <laughs> and um, anyway, long, long story longer. <laughs> <laughs> We got out of there. We went and, and did like they did in the book of Acts. We prayed, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may preach your word. Amen. Stretching forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders will be wrought by the name of your holy child, Jesus. Just like they did in Acts chapter 4. We prayed that afternoon. Well, they, we called off the meeting for that night. We found out it was local police who had come that day and they were investigating a complaint sound. <laughs> we were too loud, apparently. <laughs> And, uh, but nevertheless, they apparently had tipped off the secret police as a result. So we called off the meeting for that night and just laid low. And, uh, but our, my brother-in-law went to that facility that evening to talk to some of the key leaders and just kind of, you know, put everybody at ease and all that kind of thing. And, and, uh, so when he was finished with that little meeting, he was walking by the door where the meeting was held and he walked by and he noticed a light on. So he stuck his head in the door and about 300 of those people were in there praying for us. <laughs> they met anyway. And they were praying for us. And um, so we decided, well, we'll meet tomorrow morning. So we, we come back the next morning. And uh, we're in there and we seriously, we're still going, don't know where this is heading. Don't know what we've got. Don't know how long we're going to be here. All that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, we get in the service in that Wednesday morning service. And everybody's just a little on edge, to be honest with you. Well, this is the way they live. They live like this, never knowing. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not, I don't live like that. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, I had to quiet my heart. So we're sitting in that, in that, or standing in that meeting and my brother-in-law's up there, they're singing and they're, they're praising God and worshiping. And he's up there kind of, you know, facilitating in the meeting and interpreting the service or, or just before he got up. 
And I, we're, I'm standing over here by, we had our stuff over here and I'm sitting over here. He's over here. And all of a sudden I get the same sense that I got tonight. And I just said, there's victory in this house. I mean, all the fear just went whoosh, left. And um, it was just, I just turned to my brother-in-law. I said, there's victory in this house. Well, that's all it took. And uh, he started preaching. And then while he was preaching, uh, the power of God started to fall. And Kevin got up and started laying hands on people. (laughs) And then uh, my brother-in-law started going out and laying hands on people. The interpreter started laying hands on people. I started laying hands on people. We're all just everybody, you know. And the the laughter and all that kind of stuff, you know, just fell. And they never experienced that ever in their life. So it wasn't the power of suggestion. It wasn't something they'd, they'd seen before. I mean, there's people laid out everywhere, people coming up to us and uh, going like this. Yeah, I'm going to use your hand. They'd come up to us and, and they'd just put their head up like this. <laughs> they just walk up and they're like, please, you know, they take your hand and just put it on their head. Please lay hands on me. It was amazing. And we had so much victory in that place. Glory to God. Because God did what he wanted to do. Amen. God did what he wanted to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And people received all, I mean, just all kinds of things that they got. And they got breakthroughs. Praise the Lord. That meeting was over. And that afternoon, the place got completely raided and our meeting got shut down. But we had victory. We had victory. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I ended up, we had to leave in the middle of the night and all that kind of stuff. And I had the Mission Impossible soundtrack going in my head. (laughs) I did. We seriously, we had to pack up and leave in the middle of the night. Rush, get in a car. You know, somebody else took care of the luggage the next day. So we didn't look like we were leaving and all that. And, and they said, don't look at the camera in the elevator. So you're like, okay. You know, all along I'm hearing. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but we're here to tell the story. So it went well. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All of that to say, there's victory in this house tonight. There is victory for you. Why? Because God is here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. And if we'll connect with him, connect with him, with him, with him, with him. Hallelujah. The Bible says this in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, that even the youth, shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. And I have enjoyed that verse every year more and more. (laughs) Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. 
They will run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord. Not just they that come to church. But they that wait upon the Lord. You have purposed to do something tonight. On purpose. In the presence of the Lord. You haven't just come to see what the Durants have. You have something in you said, I want what God's got. Something in you wants to connect those dots we were talking about this morning. So that God isn't just Sunday. But that he is in your life. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. But how do we do it? How do we wait on the Lord? Because it sounds really good. And again, it sounds perfectly normal on Sunday. To say they that wait upon the Lord. Oh, I I believe that. I believe it. But how do we do it? I, I need to know how to do something. Amen. Again, that's why I watch HGTV. (laughs) Thanks to HGTV, I now know how to tile, how to drywall, how to do wallpaper, all that kind of stuff. Never done any of it. (laughs) But I know how. I'm certain. That I could attempt it for the knowledge that I have received. But I'm also certain that in that attempt, at least the first attempt, it wouldn't be beautiful. It might be a little sloppy. It might be a little messy, might be a little crooked if I tried to tile. And you see such beautiful tile work that people do, you know, and they make it look so easy, don't they? It's because they're experienced and they know what they're doing. Isn't that right? But if I attempted it now, even knowing it because I've watched it done so many times and I've heard all the how to's and I've read the instructions, but yet when it comes to doing it, it's in the experience of doing it that you get good at it. It's not in learning more and more how to that you get good at it. You get good at it by doing it. Amen. Kevin and I enjoy a a number of things, uh, um, you know, hobbies and things like that. And and we both enjoy playing golf. Um, Kevin's really good at it. Me, not so much. I'm okay. But I'll be honest with you. I hate to practice. I don't like practicing. And I said, hate. yes, I did. <laughs> I know it's a strong word. I meant it. <laughs> but now Kevin is diligent about really everything. <laughs> He's a very diligent man. He, he had to be diligent growing up playing the trumpet. You don't get good at playing the trumpet if you don't practice. You don't get good at anything really without practicing. 
And so um, it's in the same thing with the Lord. You don't get good at a relationship without spending time in it and working at it. And with the Lord waiting on the Lord, you get really good at it by doing it. You might get frustrated at first because the the tiles aren't lining up right. And you're like, this isn't really as much fun as I thought it was going to be. You get in the middle of a project and you go, this is a little more work than I thought. And sometimes it's the same way with the Lord. Sometimes we get we get a little distracted or we don't really because if we don't know to pay attention or if we don't know how to listen, if we don't know how really to wait on the Lord, if we're not very good at it, we even get bored. But you know what? You're in good company. Because how many of you know there was a time when Jesus invited some of his disciples up to a mountain when he prayed? How many of you remember he he prayed all the time? He'd go off to a mountain apart to pray, right? He'd go and sometimes he'd pray all night long and come down and amazing things would happen. He'd go and pray. Amazing things would happen. Why? He said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. He'd go and pray and hear and see and come back and do what he saw and heard. Isn't that right? So one day he invited people to go with him. Peter, James, and John went with him up to the mountain to pray. They fell asleep. They fell asleep. Here they have a personal invitation to pray with Jesus. Men, you have a personal invitation to pray with your pastor. Wow. Wow. But how many people take that invitation? Or do they go, well, you know, I've got other things I got to do. I got stuff I got, you know, or I came and it wasn't really all that interesting. It's kind of like those guys. They fell asleep. They're like, we don't get it. The reason people don't get it is because it's not on the surface. These things are not on the surface. They're a little deeper. These things don't, don't, aren't caught by the casual observer. You, you got to pay attention. You got to listen. You got to focus. And so. In the doing, in the doing, you get good at it. Whether it's laying tile or doing drywall, whatever it is, the ones who are experienced, they know the shortcuts. They know the tips, they know the tricks to make it easier, more fun, enjoyable. Look with me to Mark chapter three. Mark chapter three, lest some of you think we're not going to open the Bible tonight. We're opening the word to you. Amen. And somebody's getting a breakthrough tonight. 
Somebody's getting a breakthrough tonight. Hallelujah. How do we connect the dots in our own life from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? How do we put this all together? How do we wait on the Lord so that our strength is renewed instead of we're worn out at the end of the week? How are we going to continue to grow instead of just go from Sunday to Sunday where we get picked up on Sunday and then, it, and then from there on, it's like this till you get to Saturday. Oh, thank God we have Sunday again. And then you have that just, it just kind of goes this way and this way and this way and this way instead of just keep on ascending and growing. Amen. And sustaining and maintaining glory to God. Amen. Mark chapter three says this in verse seven. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea and a great multitude from Galilee followed him. Everybody say followed. They followed him and from Judea, from Jerusalem, from Idumea, from beyond Jordan. And they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. Say they came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. Say throng him. For he had healed many insomuch that they pressed upon him. Say they pressed. For to touch him, say touch, as many as had plagues. Look at these words. They followed, they came, they thronged, they pressed, they touched. Who did all the action here? The people did. If we're going to get what Jesus has, which is what we want. Amen. Isn't he the one with the answers? Praise God. Pastor Mark shared with us today something that Patsy Caminetti said last year. She said uh, that God said, ask me questions that only I can answer. Love that. Ask me questions only I can answer. Jesus is the one with your answer. No matter how complicated the question. You realize the answer doesn't have to be as complicated as the question. We think so much that the, that the question is so complicated that the answer has to be equally as complicated. But the answer is simple. Jesus. Jesus, we try to figure out so much, but they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. We get in the presence of the Lord. We get to ask him questions only he can answer. He's the only one with the real answer we want. So we need to get into his presence to get it. We need to come to him. We want him to come to us. We want, we know, kumbaya, Lord, come by here. Oh God, do something. Oh God, touch me. Oh God, fix this. When all throughout the new Testament, especially in the ministry of Jesus, he did not go out of his way 
to find somebody in need, people came to him. It's a very rare occasion that he was somewhere that somebody didn't come to him. One of those occasions was at the pool of Bethesda. He came to a man and said, do you want to be whole? But in that case, everybody there had issues. <laughs> so they were already in a place where they were looking for an answer. But he wasn't knocking on doors going, anybody sick in here? Anybody oppressed in this house? I'm the answer. He's not knocking on our door in that sense. We need to do with that woman with the issue of blood and get out of our house. Get out of our mess and go where he is. Now, the thing is, you can do that in your house. You can do that in this house. You can, but it takes paying attention to get into his presence. Hallelujah. Takes paying attention. To get into his presence, to not be distracted, to really look to Jesus. How do we touch him today? How do we follow him today? How do we press on him today? He's not here physically so that we see an individual person and can touch him. But today, Jesus said this in John's gospel, the fourth chapter, speaking to the woman at the well. When she realized that he was a prophet, she says, I got a question. How do I contact God? Now that I know that you're a prophet, she said, our father said that we worship God this way. The Jews say this way, which way's right. Her question really was not, do we do it here or there? She said, how do we contact God? And Jesus said, the time is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, now that sounds good, too, because it's Sunday. <laughs> but how do you do it? How do you worship God in spirit and in truth? What do we do? How do we do this? Look with me to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Verse 6. David said this. Behold. Thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. One translation says this, behold, you desire reality in the inward parts. What's God looking for? Reality in you. We try so often when we contact God and we try, we try to be religious, we try to be spiritual, we try to say the right things, we try to speak in King James or whatever. When all he wants you to be is real. 
when Samuel, when the Lord called to Samuel and, and said, Samuel, Samuel, and Eli said, go and say, you speak, your servant is listening. It sounded so real to him. He thought it was Eli. He thought it was a man talking to him. That real. Brother Hagen's testimony. 1950, the Lord appeared to him in a vision in Rockwell, Texas. It had a big rainstorm earlier that day, and so hardly anybody came out to this tent meeting. And, and uh, so there they were, just a few people in a tent. And he said, well, let's just pray. So they got down to pray. And, he, and Brother Hagin heard a voice saying, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. He thought it was some guy on the hill disrupting the meeting. It was God. He, it was so real to him, he mistook it for some person trying to mess up his meeting. It was so normal. But upon paying closer attention to it, he realized it was the Lord talking to him. Waiting on God. And getting into his presence, just we really just need to focus our attention on him. Now, like I said, a lot of people, you know, are like the disciples and they just fall asleep. As you get in the presence of the Lord, I'll tell you what, you'll get relaxed. You could get relaxed. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this feels really good. Brother Jerry Savell said when he would, he would fall asleep reading the Bible, you know, his testimony. So he decided he'd stand on the edge of the bathtub and read. <laughs> so he wouldn't fall asleep. I don't know if I recommend that or not. <laughs> but literally just paying attention, just be, being willing to focus your attention on him. You know, the Bible tells us when we pray in other tongues, the mind is unfruitful, but your spirit prays. Remember God, or John 4, Jesus said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And when you pray in other tongues, the Bible says your spirit prays, but your mind or your understanding is unfruitful. I think for some time we've thought because our mind is unfruitful, we don't have to pay attention. So we kind of, and we're just kind of bored. But if you'll pay attention, even while you're praying in tongues, while your spirit is praying. Did you know that words create images? Our language, when we speak in words, it creates images. When I, when I talk, you're not typing in your head the words. It's not like you're seeing it on a printed page. It means language creates images, right? If I were to say, uh, Kevin and I will be in the foyer after the service, you can imagine it just like that, right? You don't have to go, okay, what does that mean? They'll be in the foyer. Okay, that, go down the hall, go down this. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to map it all out. You can see it just like that, can't you? All I said was, we'll be in the foyer right there. You see it, even though it hasn't happened yet. Isn't that right? Your mind with language creates an image. Same thing happens when you pray in the spirit. When you pray in other tongues, though your mind is unfruitful, the language is producing an image in here. 
you start to, uh, I say in quotes, see things by the spirit. I'm not talking about looking out here for some vision or looking out for some experience. It's what's created. It's, it happens if you pay attention. You'll be praying in the spirit and all of a sudden something will kind of come to your mind. It illuminates from your spirit to your mind and you think of something that you hadn't thought of before while you're praying in tongues. It's producing an image on the inside. And what Brother Hagin would demonstrate sometimes when he'd be praying, he'd go, Lord, what, what do you mean by that? He'd just ask the Lord, ask the Lord things only he can answer. It's really not that far out there. You get, you pay attention, you say, and all of a sudden, either you, you might be praying about another person, another person's face comes before you. Oh, Lord, I just lift that person up to you right now. Just, or you're praying about your own situation, stuff that's happening in your life. And all of a sudden, even if you don't get like a, a picture or an image, so to speak, there's a knowing. There's just a knowing it's settled. Are you with me? You're, you're the Sunday night crowd. We can talk like this, right? This isn't just the Sunday morning Sunday. This is the Sunday night thing. Learning to pay attention. Getting good at being in his presence. Hallelujah. You know, even, and, and if this sounds too far out to you to say that the language produces an image or whatever, um, you know that even medical science, think about this. Um, you know, you're familiar with ultrasound, right? Ultrasound. What's ultrasound? Sound that produces an image. So they can figure out software that interprets then the image. But it's sound waves that give you a picture. Isn't that cool? And isn't it interesting, of course, we think a lot of times, you know, with uh, like a pregnancy, for example, you know, that kind of ultrasound, right? And it produces an image of a baby, if you're the one whose baby it is. Because <laughs> how many of you have ever seen somebody else's ultrasound picture? And what am I looking at? <laughs> it's my baby. He looks just like his daddy. <laughs> And you're like, I don't see it. <laughs> I think it's that way a lot when you're praying. You see it because it's yours. These are things that we really shouldn't share with other people. When you pray and you're like, oh, I saw this in my spirit. And you're trying to tell the other person, they're like, mm-hmm. These are things God shows you for you, for you. And if you'll pay attention, you'll recognize you when you're praying in tongues. Hallelujah. It's one way to connect with him. It's one way to touch him. Hallelujah. Worshiping him. is a sure way to touch Jesus. Amen. But even that takes focus and paying attention. We are not just like, for example, in church, when we worship in God, we're not just singing along. We shouldn't be. 
or just reading the words on the screen and they're coming out of our mouths. But they should be words that come from our heart. And if we pay attention, even if we didn't write the song, it can be from our heart. And when it's from your heart and not just from your mouth, now you're connecting spirit to spirit. But you got to pay attention to do it. Because we can be looking at the words on the screen and they can be coming out of our mouths, but we can be a million miles away. Exodus 24, real quickly. Are you getting something tonight? We're kind of going around the mountain a few different ways. But if we'll apply it, we'll get something. Amen? I went to a completely different book. Exodus chapter 24. Verse 12. This might be my loose interpretation. And the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. (laughs) Come up to me in the mount and be there. If you're in the building, be there. If you're going to come to church and pastor Tom's going to lead us, he's leading us. He can't do it for you. He's just at the front of the line saying, this is the way we go. Let's go. But then it has to be an individual choice. I'm going to be there. God's looking for reality in my heart. And how it's going to come out is if I pay attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Oh, now they mean something. Even the old school stuff, Pastor Tom. Amen. He said, how many of you are ready to go old school? He that the son is set free. It's free indeed, you know. No more chains or slavery. Truth has triumphed. With liberty. He that the son is set free is free indeed. And we can go. He that the son is set free. Is free indeed. No more chains. No slavery. The truth has triumphed. But I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) how many of you have been set free ever in your life by Jesus then in order for it to come from your spirit got to pay attention to the words and not just go well it's kind of an old song It's not about old or new style or kind of song or genre. It's not country or hip hop or rap or, or whatever, you know, it's not that that makes it anything. It's you that makes it worship. It's not the piano that makes it worship. It's not the guitars that make it worship. 
It's a heart and a mouth. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We come into church and we need a breakthrough. And here we've got the tools to get the breakthrough. He that the son is set free. No more chains. I wish somebody would lay hands on me. (laughs) And the tools are in us all along to lay the tile to do it. But we just keep like, just tell me how to do it. Just tell me how to do it. Oh, I just love hearing how to do it. And isn't it pretty, the before and after? Isn't that lovely? What the potential could be in my life. (laughs) But not until we get into the doing. And we lift our voices. And our hearts. And our reality. Is he real to us? If he is real to us, then when we pay attention. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What God can do if we'll just pay attention and give him our all. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. In one place, he said, with all that is within me. All that is with when was the last time we gave him all that is within us? I understand, though, there's not really a a huge equivalent. There really is no equivalent of worship in the natural. Worship is specific and exclusive to God and us. We don't worship humans. So there's no equivalent of how this happens. So I understand if we don't really know how to do it. Because it only comes in the doing. In the yielding. To him. But one of the, the closest things maybe is how people respond like in athletics. <laughs> you know, the football game when there's a touchdown, you notice there's not somebody up there that goes, let's all stand. team has made a touchdown (laughs) that doesn't need to happen that right it's spontaneous why is it spontaneous that's my team I'm connected with them there's something they're doing I like I respond you don't have to be told to stand up and shout everybody just does it and their hands even go up in the air this is a symbol of victory All of a sudden, everybody's on their feet like this. That's not worship. It's just a spontaneous reaction to something they like. So the closest thing we have maybe to worship is a spontaneous reaction to God. And we yield ourselves and we go, yes, (laughs) glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans, the 12th chapter, 
And the first and second verses go something like this. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. You do it. You present your body a living sacrifice. This is something you give God. You give it to him. So you have to do it on purpose. Just showing up isn't presenting your body. You do this on purpose. You present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Another translation says this. I think, Pastor Tom, you're going to like this. The Weist translation portion of it says this. Stop assuming an outward expression that does not come from within you and is not representative of who you are in your inner man, but is patterned after this age. Change your outward expression to one that comes from within you by the renewing of your mind. Let me say the part of that again. Stop assuming an outward expression that doesn't come from within you. I got joy. I got joy. <laughs> Rivers of living water flowing through my soul. <laughs> Stop assuming an outward expression that doesn't come from within. You see, you have to pay attention to what the words you're saying so that your expression goes with. This is how you present your body. This is how all of you gets involved. What are the words saying? Let your heart and your face and your actions agree. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. It is amazing how simple, simple things we stumble over. Because God's not complicated. He's not trying to make it hard to see him and experience him. He's made it so easy. We think that can't be all there is to it. Like the words of our mouth. You mean I just say something and Jesus said you'll have what you say? Yeah. Can't be that easy. It's got to be harder. Nope. Connecting with God same way from your heart and your mouth. And if you'll pay attention, instant in his presence. Instantly, you're in his presence, even though you're still in this building. Jesus said these words in John's gospel, the third chapter. He said, no man has ascended up to heaven, but the son of man who came from heaven. Even the son of man who is in heaven. He said, no man's gone up, but the one who came from who is there. <laughs> Are you getting this? Nobody's gone up there except for the one who came from there. And then he said, I'm still there, even though I'm here. We want what heaven's got, but we're here. So what do we do? We go there. We go there. Hallelujah. 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 Your breakthrough is not way up there. 
your breakthrough is right here. Just go in his presence. Just touch Jesus. With your heart, with your mouth, paying attention. You can focus your attention on him and you're right there. The realm of the spirit is not way up here and we're way down here. The realm of the spirit is right here. We go in and out, not up and down, in and out, in and out. They that wait upon the Lord, those are the ones who go in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Why don't we do that right now? There's a breakthrough for you. It can happen in an instant. It can happen in a moment. Focusing your attention on him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.